must be a better way. There must be a better way to describe things, to arrange words, a new way to use words to take you to a place beyond words. There must be. Real Church Matters. I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because... Because... Real Real Church Church Matters. matters. (laughs) (laughs) I am here today with my mom, Sylvia Hall. Sylvia Hall. Hall. Minister Sylvia Hall again. And... uh, just blessed to be here. Just blessed to have another uh, episode. I think this is one sixty four. I think it's one sixty four. So, uh, housekeeping. Realchurchmatters.com will take you to the site. It is the easiest way to share with people. You should be going like this. You should be saying, "Hey, I got this podcast I listen to. You'll love it." Realchurchmatters.com. And then they can, you know, matriculate their way to either iTunes or to Spotify or just listening on the actual site that is powered by Anchor FM. Uh, what else? Shout out to everybody that has been listening. Shout out to the feedback I've been getting. Uh, people really enjoyed uh, the episode with Philip. Appreciate that. Shout out to Philip. Is uh, listen to it, share it with men, young men. Uh, more is coming. Um, what else? I think that's it. And remember, obedience over audience. Always. Always. Now. That was a very short housekeeping because, Mom, you gave me, like, absolutely no uh, banter there. <laughs> I like banter. That's <laughs> what you're on for. I, I, if I'm just going to talk, you know, I could just... I thought you were doing your intro. Yeah, your the intro. intro is supposed to always be, like, getting everybody warmed up and comfortable, but... You you're you're game planning. You got your pen, your app, apple pen over there and stuff. You're getting prepared. This is not a test. We we it's just not having a, a test. It's not a test. We just having a conversation. We just having a conversation. Just having a conversation. You can't converse without having the word of God in you and with you. Hey, hey, hey that is true. That is true. I I got notes too. I know, but I'm not. I, I'm not drawing up a game plan over there. You I'm got the etch and sketch I'm out. Not, I'm not drawing up a game plan. I'm just opening up my mind. <laughs> you all. know it. You you was doing, circling things with the pen like you had playbook. <laughs> uh, no, no, it don't work that way. All right. So usually lately, what I've been doing, Mom, is asking people questions. But uh, there are some things that I want to tackle. That um, not necessarily questions, but um, they are things that need to be traversed and you are the perfect person to traverse those things with number one because you are my teacher and so it's good to go to a person that when I'm talking to you you are not hearing you taught me how to do this thing you taught me how to seek the word how to learn 
And so with this, when certain topics, I noticed that it's hard for people to have the dexterity in them because they do not have the self-evaluative properties of understanding how to measure themselves to the word of God. And so that's why there's certain topics that I'll be coming to you for. And we'll be just talking about these key components of our hearts. These uh, these hearts that are full of things and they're full of things that are hard to navigate. And I noticed that people are not understanding. They're not understanding God because they're not understanding what is wrong with their heart. Not that you are supposed to know your heart. The Bible says your heart is deceitfully wicked. wicked. Yeah. Who can know it? But what you need to do is get, arrive to a place where you agree with God. Yes. About your You're deceitfully wicked, wicked. heart. <laughs> that, that is the hardest part. Because it's an inward thing and nobody can see the heart. Yeah. And because of that, when you're... Let's say you just carry the word. You're, mm-hmm. you're a person that has the awesome responsibility of teaching God's people. Right. Then you're outside of that person and what you teach them when you begin to point out things that are found in in act they're active in this person's life. Yeah, active in their life as it relates to their heart. Yes, as but, it relates but to But not their- active in their in the exercising of their body. Right. 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 So and- it's one of those things where we used to have conversations and I was so caught up in the matters of my body. Right. That I took offense to you trying to Make me aware of the matters of my heart. Heart. And one of the things I used to hide behind is like, you don't know my heart. Right. And the problem with that is, is that neither did I. Right. (laughs) But, But you're the first person that has that power given by God. When you, when you ask God to show you what's in you. Yeah. You're the first person. The only time that a person should be used on the outside is for confirmation. Yeah. It's not for picking out or or saying this is in you. Yeah. That person already knows. Yeah. Especially if they've had contact with God and the word of God. Right. The first thing the word does is it shines a light inward. Inward. And this is why he was, this is why Jesus constantly was trying to teach the disciples that it was different than what they got in the temple. Yeah. He was saying, he said, first of all, you got to take the beam out your own eye. Yeah. So it was something that uh, Antoinette said in our podcast. Shout out to Antoinette. And she said she was watching a show called 30 Coins. Mm-hmm. And it's a show about exorcism. Mm-hmm. And 30 coins representative of the amount of money Judas got for betraying Jesus. And in the show, she said that the guy was like, we should listen to Satan so we know how to defeat him. Mm. And she was saying it in the podcast. And it, 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 was in, it was interesting to me and it stuck out to me. And as I was studying, it's like, no, I don't need you to know Satan. No, I need you to know you. I need you to be aware of your ways so that you can acknowledge your ways and in turn 
you will acknowledge mine. Right. You have to know the wrong turn in order to make the right turn. A lot of people are running around saying they're led by God. Or they say, and I want, I want, it, it, somebody just said to me today, if God laid on your heart to do this, well, God doesn't lay things on my heart. What is laid on my heart is deceitfully wicked. What I have come to understand is the way that I guide my steps towards the way of God is that I know the missteps of my heart. I know where my heart leads. I know where it, the footprints, the well-tread roads, years of following my heart is like those paths you see in a park. Like they're not cemented, but there's this road there. Because that's the path so many people have taken. Right. We talk about the course of this world, the elements of this world. He's trying to explain to us. He's like, there is a path that seems right to man. He said, you have to actually acknowledge there's a path. Then acknowledge that that path is wrong in order for you to actually find the way to go. Right. So I'm I'm starting this this new approach only with you and maybe, you know, if some other people did, I feel led to. But let's point out the path and show people it's wrong, because I can't assume that everybody knows what's wrong. Right. Because because you're accustomed to what's in you, what's in us and we embrace it. A lot of us, our first communion is with ourselves. Yes. And it is so, um, I mean, that you converse on the inside of yourself. A lot of people don't even acknowledge that. Yeah. They, I, I don't know who they think they're, they're, they're talking to. Right. They're, they're talking to themselves. self. You're talking to yourself. They're not talking to the devil. They're not talking to God either. They're not talking to God either. Right. But they're talking to themselves. Yeah. And that meditation of the heart is the conversation between the spirit and the soul. Yes. It yeah. is. It is a conversation. It goes on inside of man. And until we come to the realization that this is what God has given power and dominion yeah. to his people who receive the the finished work of Jesus Christ. And we want to give people that power, but I can tell you, like I watched this, this documentary called uh, rats. And in the documentary called rats, there was this guy and he was studying rats. He studied their tendencies, their patterns. He started to know where they would congregate. He started to know how they would congregate in order to better uh, defeat them. Because they moved a certain way. And so, like, as believers, I feel like we have to be aware of how our hearts are. Yes. We have to be aware of how they move, what they lean towards, the biases, the prejudices. Because we're trying to articulate scripture and truth through the bias of a deceitful heart. Yes. We're trying to be parents and be spouses and be sisters and brothers and aunts and uncles and yes. grandparents. Yes. We're trying to be good co-workers. By using the concordance. <laughs> by filtering everything yes. through this deceitful heart. Yeah. And so there's a scripture. With today, with the word is manipulation. 
Now, manipulation isn't necessarily found in the Bible, but there is a word that is that is synonymous with manipulation, and that is deceit. And one of the scriptures that popped in uh, my face when I was studying this is first Peter chapter two, verse 22 is talking about Jesus. He said he committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. Amen. And what he's where where Jesus is, we have to start with Jesus because Jesus is our example. Yes, yes. he's our, our template. And he's letting you know, not only did this man commit no sin with his body, yep. but he had no deceit, which flows from the heart, which flows from the heart in his mouth. He's and letting us know you, 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 you go ahead and finish it because I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. good. Because out of the belly, the, the, this is this is where people don't understand. They don't understand. They feel like it's what goes in the mouth that defiles. Amen. But it's what comes out because it reveals what's in the heart. Amen. And Jesus said that. He said it's not what's what's uh, it's not the cup, but it's what's in the cup. In the cup. And he says that out of uh, our mouths flow yeah. the issues of life and death. Life and death. And when people say let. Death and life and death lies in the power, power of, the, of tongue. the tongue. They think that it's about their words. No. He's <laughs> saying death and life lies in the meditations of your heart. Yes. Life and death lies in the thoughts, in the, d- the devising that you do. Yes. You are out here working for iniquity, which is death, yes. or you're working for the kingdom, which is life. That's what that scripture was defined. Yes. And he was letting us know Jesus knew no sin. He committed no sin. And in his heart was no malicious intent, no deceitfulness, no disguising, no trickery, no sneakiness. Only to please the Father. Only to please God. And never to to usurp or manipulate that for his own, own gain. gain. And, and you know what? That seems seemed to me after looking inward. At my own heart, that's such an easy way to live. It's so much easier than the complicated, deceitful, manipulative way that, yeah. the, that we are as human beings yeah. clothed in. Always. It's, it's not There's scripture. Pure. <laughs> it's not scripture, but oh, what a tangle where we weave. When we practice to deceive. When we practice to deceive. And we're seeing people who are in the church. Christians stuck in a web of deceit, stuck in a web of lies. Can't get out of it, mom. Yeah. I want to help them because they we're trying to tell them to follow this scripture or do this. And they're so consumed because they're so confounded by their web. Because there's two things that just just again, I I go in inward so that I could see the path of coming out. So we can show the way. And the only way to do that is to take a full dose of who you are. Absolutely. And to take responsibility yeah. for who you are. See, I I really, and as I went through this process of doing this, I hate it when people would say, give a testimony. And some people would stand up and say, I was a drug addict. Mm-hmm. I was this. So I was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And they named different things. And I was like, that that seemed to me yeah. so small. When I looked in the inside of me, I said I was it all. Yeah. 
I had the capacity to do it all. Right. It is the meditation of the heart. Yeah. To commit murder. Yeah. Which is kind of what Jesus was trying to explain to them. And he, I think he did a great job, but I think it is still lost on people. And he let us know that parables would be lost on people. Yeah. Because they overthink. Yeah. But here's the simplicity of description. He says, many will say, Lord, Lord. And they will tell him what they committed by body. Yes. But they will be denied access to heaven because of what they committed in heart. And he, he, he explained. He said that this is a foolish man that will behold himself. Yeah. And walk away. That beholding happens when the word of God. Yeah. Is made known to us, whether it be in a full church service or or just sitting in your bedroom, that beholding, being able to see who you really are. And then there are people that have allowed this process and they stopped it. Yeah. They said, that's ugly. Yeah. And then I've heard this scripture go over top of it. Oh, forgetting those things that are behind, we press on. Mm. Oh, well, you're not supposed to. You can't forget mm. what your heart is. Yeah. Because you'll learn to lean back to your heart. Right. If you re- if you think there's something good in there, yeah. you'll learn to to trust in that heart. And you'll find yourself being that deceptive person all over again. Yeah. Because that is what humanity was groomed to be after Adam and Eve sinned. Yeah. So so and when we talk about the beginnings this deceit was uh, was not something that we knew. No. But it was something that we were exposed to. So who's the first deceiver? That's serpent in the garden. Yes. Who's the second deceiver? Eve. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Yeah. <laughs> who's the third deceiver? Cain. Cain and Abel. He told Cain, he said, hey, you're, you're committing acts towards me. I, I appreciate it, but there's deceit in your heart. And because of that deceit, you are not acceptable, right, or good in my sight. I cannot accept your offering. And there's so many people who are trying hard. Yeah. I talk to them, ma. They're trying so hard to, to do to right. Have an acceptable offering. To do to to have an acceptable offering, but your heart is deceitful. It's a heart. I'm I'm tell you, it's a it's a frustrating yeah. hard place. Uh, the only thing I can liken it to is that I was raised morally good. Yeah. I feel like that is that is so that is a prison yeah. that nobody should put a person in yeah. because you're actually in this prison with yourself and everything that pops out of you comes against yeah. what you're being taught on the outside of right. you saying, "Oh, well you should love your neighbor." Yeah. You shouldn't lie. You shouldn't steal. You shouldn't want to do these things. Yeah. You should obey your parents because right. I'm your parent. You should do these things. You shouldn't have sex before marriage because it's wrong. Yeah. All of these things, moral goodness. Yeah. And from the time that I can think about, remember who Sylvia was. Mm-hmm. I remember violating that, that morality in some yeah. way. And the violations just got bigger. Right. It's that constant cycle of seeing the line, crossing the line, feeling bad about crossing the line. And then running back. 
yeah. trying to run back to yeah. the place and finding no hope of ever being reconciled right. back to the place you were. And never really realizing and reconciling yourself why it is that I am struggling with this. And there's a scripture and it says Proverbs 2017 says bread gained by deceit is sweet to man. But afterward, his mouth is full of gravel. Mm. So you have these these this situation where we want to start off with the solution and kind of reverse backwards because there's a lot to to kind of traverse. And in 20 minutes in, I want to start off by saying the way that I found myself out of deceit is that I understood how deceit grows. Deceit grows in the darkness. Deceit is like fungus. It grows in the darkness. If you're trying to free yourself of a deceitfully wicked heart, you need to step out of the darkness and into the light. So there's conversations that I would have. I changed the way I had conversations. I begin to speak about the things that were hidden in my heart. I begin to speak about the things that I was protecting. I begin to speak about the things that I hid. I begin to speak about those things because as the more that I put them in the light, the more that the, the deceitfulness that wanted to thrive in my heart had no place to abide, it had no place to thrive. Is my heart deceitfully wicked today? Yes, yes. it is. Yes. Does, does that deceitfulness get to permeate my meditations? No. No. Because I keep it exposed in the light. I had a surgery. This, there's, this, I've been dealing with the wound of this surgery for six months almost. Because it is in a place that is not susceptible. That is susceptible to infection. Why? Because it's dark there. It doesn't get a lot of light. Yep. Doesn't get a lot of air. Doesn't get a lot of things that it needs to nurture. Where I have nieces and nephews, I broach subjects with them that are very uncomfortable to them. They are uncomfortable to them because they are used to having these conversations by themselves in their heads where it is allowed to thrive. Yes. The minute we broach these conversations with them, whether it be lying to let a kid know, I know you're lying and I'm not upset. I want you to understand. I know, but I know you're lying. Or I know you have these thoughts. I know you deal with these things. I know I see the manipulation. I see what you're engaging in. We bring it to the light and we have real conversations about it because that's what saved me. I can say that um, as being a teenager is the most activity in that because it's almost as if... um, Life, it's life and death. Yeah. Because um, I can remember that time so vividly. And actually, um, I was thinking about it maybe about a month ago. And the realization of actually how old I was came to me in the light of the family that I was in. Mm-hmm. I was 15 years old. I was 15 years old. And... That seems so powerful to me that that in my meditation with God, mm. that he was just showing me how powerful he is. 
He said you were the only one. And you were 15. And he said not only were you 15, but he said you were 15. You had been in a relationship with someone since you were as young as you could think. Mm -hmm. This was your best friend. Mm -hmm. It was outside of home. I made a world all inside of here. Yeah. Yet was able to live on the outside. But what happens when these two worlds collide without Christ yeah. is that that's where you have suicide. That's where you have um, depression. Yeah. That's where you have, because the, 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 the deceitfulness is yeah. so powerful at that point. It's not willing to allow the light, yeah. the two to merge together. So it's interesting you bring that up because part of the the way that I realized that I had to to work on my heart is through being aware of the small ways I exercise the muscle. So like I was bringing up on Instagram to people about how the small ways they aren't so small, but we use manipulation. So I remember as uh, when I was a young person, the way that we articulated um, displeasure with people in our house was we didn't talk to them. like literally like you were the only person that no matter how mad you got, you kept the lines of communication open. But how I interacted with my siblings, how we interacted with one another, how uh, uh, most adults interacted with us was, I'm upset. I want to show you that displeasure by not talking to you. And, and um, because my freedom came from exposure mm. to the light, I recognized how dangerous that place of non-communication is. When we aren't able to articulate what is going on on our meditation, yeah. when we're not able to bring it out of our mouth, that's yeah. why the scripture does say deliverance is nigh thee, yeah. even in your mouth. But, Some, but even more to the fact that when we are doing things yeah. with the purpose to change a person's behavior or to change the way a person interacts. When we have those situations where people are manipulating other people, I found it. I started there in my thoughts, started in, in my home and realizing, man, even as adults, I started to do that. I started to uh, even in my business with my business partner. I started to say things and do things with the express purpose to manipulate them. Right. Because you learned how to manipulate you. You learned how there's such power. There's such power. And I can say this because I went almost a whole year mm. without talking in my household mm. as a kid. Did, did this cause alarm? No. By the time the alarms went off, um, I have been in it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, not saying anything. Right. Not verbalizing anything. And um, I deliberately did it. I deliberately did it because I considered myself invisible. Mm. And it, it re every day encounter reinforced the fact that I felt invisible. Um, 
that I could get away without saying anything. Yeah. And yet, still eat, still lay in the same bed, mm. still get up and have to do the same things, but never get to, to verbalize one word. And when I get to school, my teacher is the one that kind of alerted um, my mother. Do you know why you were doing it? Mm-hmm. Why were you doing it? I was doing it because I felt like I didn't belong there. I felt like for some reason I didn't belong. And just like. and But you wanted them to notice that. I wanted them to notice that I didn't belong there and that I felt that I didn't belong. Right. And I didn't have a voice, and I didn't have a personality. Yeah, because I've talked to people before where even they said they have they used to think about killing themselves. Yeah, and they thought about, and this is where it's manipulation. They were thinking when they say they was thinking about killing themselves, they was thinking about how everyone would respond to how to them being dead. Yeah, I and when I was in the heat of of depression mm-hmm. and my death experience, I would see the flowers and the casket and all those people and even hear my voice mm-hmm. saying now that's what they get. Yeah. <laughs> Which now that you're you know, I'm in the light, that seems really crazy. Yeah. But but these are the natural machinations of a deceitful heart. A deceitful heart because it deceives you in the same way that Jesus the same way that Jesus was was confronted on the mountain. Yeah. It to deceive him, he said, Throw yourself down, kill yourself. Right. Didn't he say he's gonna bear you up? Yeah. And all of this, he was trying to find a place to pull on a place, an area that Jesus didn't allow to be free in the word. Right. That he didn't that he didn't constrain with his daddy's word. Right. And didn't allow. And that's part of that being in the light. Yeah. Is he constantly referred back to brought focus to his father. Yes. Because to bring focus to us and how we feel and our heart actually lays us bare to be susceptible to the deceiver. Right. Because he is the deceiver speaks to a deceitful heart. And he only played on humanity in the beginning. Exactly. So humanity is a deceitful heart. Yes. This deceiver is has a place to to exist when we are in a deceitful heart. Yes. The deceiver works in a deceitful heart. Yes. When people say uh, it's like people say it in a certain way. They'll say, you know, they get some people get mad at young girls and then some people get mad at the guys that are taking advantage of. them. But it's like some people look and say, well, that young girl, you know, she didn't have to <laughs> give that guy any attention. She didn't have to say yes. You know, we can't put this all on him. But what they're really saying, and I think we're articulating that is the deceiver needs a deceitful heart. Yes. He needs a place to grow. He needs a place to grow. Yes. And the reason, one of the reasons why we're even talking about this and talking about the ways that we are exercising this deceitful heart is because we are creating a prime ground for the deceiver to thrive. I think one of the best examples um, 
I I always recount in my own my own heart. Yeah, is Cain's absolutely because when when God spoke to him, mm-hmm. he was speaking in the same place where Cain has that deceitful. He was speaking in that spirit soul yes and he said to him he said sin is crouching at your door sin is crouching at your door but you you have you have the ability to rule over this you got to rule over it he said you got to overtake it and that's when we understand what the work of the believer is it's a mastery yeah it's like walking the dog that's how i likened it in the beginning yeah i was like Either I'm going to walk the dog yeah. or the dog's going to walk The dog's going to walk me. And influence every interaction with others. Yes. And control all the way up till the end. Yeah. So you, you have this, these scriptures like when Paul says these silly women laden with sin. Yeah. He's saying that we, we're to be careful of false witnesses and deceivers in the church because he knows he's dealing with people who are easily carried away. By the deceit of their hearts. The deceit of their hearts. So he tells us that Jesus tells us this parable of, he says, did the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word? Yes. Choke out the ability to see. Choke out the ability to see. A young rich ruler hears Jesus say, if you want to follow me, give up all your riches. And it's the deceitfulness of riches. It grips his heart enough to make him turn his back on God and walk away. He was like, I, I, wait a minute. I yeah. did all this stuff. Yeah. Or you have a Demas. Yes. A Demas it, it was enough of a believer for Paul to say, come with me. And we know he was picky about who he walked with. Then he said, oh, man. I lost Demas. <laughs> he said he had a love for the world. He had a love for the world. What? Did the world just grab him out the blue? No. no the world has something to hold on to. Dude. He played with the deceitfulness of his heart. We have to be ever so careful. I was, I've been talking this because, um, because of med- my meditation has been about being in the world and not of the world. Yeah. And it's such a clear picture for me that we're supposed to occupy this space in this world. But there should be no influences of the world found in us. For it to connect to. And I think that that's lost on people. And I want to take a second. When he's saying world and world, he's speaking of two different realms. Yes. He's not speaking of the same realm. So he's saying you are physically in the world, but you are spiritually not of the world. Yes. In other words, the world is reflective of our deceitful heart. Yes. He's saying you're supposed to be in this world, but have nothing in your heart that bears the identity of this world. Yes. So you it's like a child that's adopted. They are in the family. But they are not of that family. And when when uh, Satan came to Jesus, yeah. he said he he found nothing in him. Found nothing. He found him. nothing of the world in him. It made it hard for him because, to deceive him. Because Jesus did the daily work yeah. of walking in the world yeah. and crucifying this flesh. Now, how can somebody who knew no sin and had no deceit in his heart tell somebody he's not good? 
There you go. Because he saw the power. He knew what flesh he He occupied. knew what he had. He, we're not in the business. We got to make said, sure I've we. have been likewise tempted. We got to make sure we let people know. You become righteous when you accept not just the responsibility of righteousness, but the culpability of flesh. I think it gets hard because, you know, people are debating what sin they did commit or didn't commit. Right. You know, and it's it's real difficult because they're constantly putting themselves on trial for something that's already guilty. Yes. And whether you did it or not, doesn't even matter to debate that. It doesn't make a difference. You're a dirty dog, whether you did a dirty dog thing or didn't do it. You're I, a dirty dog. I was born in sin. I was born in sh- and sin. Sh- and shaped in the ways to do it. Shaped <laughs> iniquity. Nurtured. <laughs> nurtured in sin. Nurtured. Does we, we he says shaped because we have to understand we are we have the nature of sin through our offspring, but we have the nurturing of sin by the world. I get I do get offended. When people say, and they'll say, oh, you're such a sweet person. Yeah. You're such a kind person. I get offended. It's by cheap. It. I get offended because they cheapen the cross. Yes, they do. Because the same, the same filth. Did you, same. did you feel that is in you enough for you to feel like I'm better than you? Or that I'm holier than you? And I try to go, I try to, to open my life up enough where I let people understand, you know, even, you know, just talking to my kids, I said, that's a revelation that God gave me, you know, that I was 15 years old. And he said, I took the least, I took the least of the family Mm -hmm. that I might show myself strong. Yeah. Because when you see the, the hard thing about it is, when we think that there's something we can do, we got right. something to bring to the table. It's it's hard for people to even navigate David. Yeah. Because they they see all this stuff he's done. They hear all the things that he wrote. They see how powerful he was, even as a child. And then they see these things that he's doing. The deceitfulness yeah. that he found himself in. The murder, the chaos, the lies. The, the generational lust, curses. The curses. <laughs> and they say, why would God say he's a man after his heart? Yeah. Well, this is why. Because in the midst of being this flawed human, God understood since Genesis. Yes. <laughs> we are our heart just deceitfully wicked. He still found himself laying before a holy God. Always contending. Yes. With the reality of who God is and who he's and who he is in light of it. Yes. Same thing. He God showed himself to Isaiah in the year the King Uzziah died. He said he was high and lifted up and the train filled the temple. And his first response was how how insignificant and pointless it was that God would show up to somebody like me, Me. like me. But when you talk to people, and this is why I wanted to have these conversations, because they're practicing deceit, even in not owning the deceitfulness of their heart or owning their humanity, owning their humanity. You can't you can't be a dove if you're a chicken. You know, I haven't I haven't <laughs> done this. I haven't done that. We, we we can sit here with a laundry list of things. I want people to understand it, because we when you don't accept the, you, there is no good in you. You will never embrace the good in God. Yeah. 
All you, all these people do is start embracing the good they think that's in them. Righteous indignation. Yeah. It's misplaced righteousness. And then they punish themselves. Punish themselves and punish others. Yes. Yes. It's, it's the and it's frustrating. And the freedom that we have is in the acceptance yeah. of our humanity. Because we don't take away the power of the cross. Yes. I mean, what is what's, what is... What was the cross there for? Yes. If we have the ability to go within ourselves and to declare ourselves good. And that's why I love that they, this scripture created the distinction of saying there's no deceit found in Jesus, but there is a deceiver. His name is Satan. That's right. Scripture says that he disguised himself as, as an angel. angel of light. I want you people to understand the, the, the deceit is synonymous with disguise. Yes. And when you disguise yourself as an angel of light, and we people are. And you're creeping. Come on. Yes. And, and you're not even being realistic. These young people, uh, I was talking to a young man, and he didn't even know his mother. He didn't know her past. He didn't know the things that she's done. Because she doesn't share them. Doesn't share Because they're in the dark. If because they're in she's the, never brought them to the light. Because if there's, if you are disguising no yourself, power. if you're disguising yourself, it's deceit. Yes. Wherever there's deceit. What did he say? Wherever there's well, every evil work. What's that scripture? Where, where, where darkness is, there's every evil there's work. There's every evil work. That, I'm, I mean, the power is, is in disclosure. It is. It is in knowing who you are yeah. and that you are in need of a, a God that is more than enough. Yeah. And being able to understand that it's a daily walk. Yeah. He just doesn't give you inoculation and all of a sudden you're holy. Yeah. And I've been inoculated once. I went up there, you know, I got to the altar and uh, he, when the sun yeah. said free is free indeed. I seen a post and uh, I wanted so bad to comment on it. And the person said, you know, it's time for me to serve Jesus. You know, that I, we can't be uh, we can't bring people to Jesus without serving him. We got to choose to serve him. We got to choose, make a decision. To serve the Lord. And, and I wanted to just ask him and say, what does that entail? Like if, if you, you said today, like I've decided to serve the Lord. What's the first order of business? Yeah, I don't know. Because you know what I'm saying? Because for them, I, I kind of know though my. Because I, I can, I'm going to put myself. Oh, I thought you was No, no. I know what, what you. Is, what is the first order? What is the first order? They're, they're, <laughs> I know the first order of business for me. I'm trying to think about me. When I gave my life to Christ and I came home that day and I said, you know, I, I'm saved. And I really want to do this. What's the first thing that was on my steps to do? I said, I'm no longer going to do this, this, and this. And. Maybe you know what? I'm so thankful. I I just find you saying that. I'm so thankful that I didn't get saved in the usual way, mm-hmm. like at the altar, but that I had a powerful man of God yeah. that swooped right in and made it real. Yeah, gave you that understanding. He gave me that understanding. He used an analogy. He said, you know, I was in tears already. 
I was crying. I had my hands lifted up. Mm-hmm. And he said, you hanging on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> There's no way you could ever do anything to get yourself out of this. Yeah. Because you were born like this. Right. See, Jesus is right there. Because he's already done it. Yeah. He's extended his hand towards you. All you got to do is lift your hand. Yeah. And because it was explained as a rescue. Yeah. I was rescued. And I started thinking about it. It's a fool that would go back into a burning house after somebody rescued them. Right. And what did he rescue from me from? It was on fire back then. Yeah. Everything I did was on fire. Everything I thought was fire. So it was like the hand just led me out. Yeah. But it, it's that overwhelming feel, feeling that people feel even today with the COVID, yes. with the virus. The first thing people say is, there's a virus. All right, what do we do? All right, you, you put on a mask. You wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody stay home. And, and that's the way that I approached Sin. Yeah. Because I thought it was an exterior entity that was trying to get into me. And, and not get out. <laughs> and not get out. Yes. I was wondering when we when we, we would get real church. Matters. There we go. Exactly. Yes. It was something that I thought was outside trying to get in. And, and, and it, it was, was inside. It was inside. Trying to get out. Trying to get out. And the the, the awesome thing is I didn't know how. Yeah. I didn't know how all the stuff that was in me, but I recognized that when the light was shined on it, I didn't want it. Right. I wanted to please him. And then it's just being aware that this is not something that I can rid myself of, which is the reason why cancer is such a dangerous disease. Yeah. It's because it's, it's not, already in it's already body. in you. Yes. It is, it is you. Yeah. Cancer is what your body does on a daily basis. Yes. It does. But it is now doing it. Makes excess cells. In an inappropriate way. way. Yeah. If when we understand that sin is a part of us. Yes. The workings and the machinations, the intricacies of how we our hearts think is a part of us. Yes. How do I metastasize anything else but that? Yeah. How do I grow in anything else but that? And how, how do I not allow the forces that are in the world that definitely has has the power been given to it? The carcinogens. How do I allow it not to connect? Connect and and exacerbate something that's already and destroy and destroy every other healthy thing working absolutely for the body. So, so we have a person who gets married thinking that the, the act of marriage uh, sanctifies their engagement, and it doesn't. Not realizing that there is the sanctity of marriage is only in the sanctity of the heart. Amen. When there is no sanctified heart. There is no sanctified marriage. marriage. Just be just like if there's no sanctified heart, there's no sanctified relationship, period. You're not a sanctified wife. You're not a sanctified mother. You're not a sanctified friend. You're not a sanctified niece, auntie, grandmother. 
dear, is because you are your mind. However, you enter into a space in your mind. That is what will propagate any relationship. And that's how you what you bring to the table. It's what you bring to the table. You know, when everybody is assessing, you know, because nowadays everybody assesses what each person brings to To, the relationship. Yes. Whether it be a relationship between mom and child. Yeah. Whether it be a relationship between brother and brother or yeah. brother and sister or sister and sister. Everybody's assessing what you bring to the table. And if I'm bringing more than you're bringing yeah. and all of this stuff, not realizing you bring nothing. Yeah. You bring nothing. To, to touch on these relationships, part of the thing that I started to do is we have to be, we have to help people not flex those muscles. There are certain muscles that people are flexing every day that is deceit. Uh, you look at the relationship between Adam and Eve, and you see he immediately began to respond to her he deceit with his. Yes. There was nobody stopping and saying, we shouldn't be doing this. This is this is a place, and I hate to cut you off. No, no, there's, no. This is a place where me, as in my relationships, there are certain things that I don't ask. And the reason why I don't ask them is because of what has been, the light has been shed in my heart about this situation. Mm. I don't ask so they don't lie. Amen. Because... They're, 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 they have inside of them, there is a manipulative nature that they want to manipulate how I see them. Right. So when I ask, I'm actually asking a question only that I would verify what I already know. Right. I know that we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. I know that unless this person is walking in submission day by day, minute by minute, that they're giving hope, they're giving way to this spirit. Why would I ask them? Why would I ask them a question? So unless it's rhetorical. Yes. Which brings me to, to mind, uh, Paul, Peter and Jesus. So, and this is synonymous with every relationship we have. And I'm starting to learn that I have to be mindful of it. Really, from even talking with Philip, and he was talking about how Jesus interacted with Peter. And so I've been studying it even more. And he goes to this man to tell him that he sees his heart. Yeah. I know he didn't say, I see your heart. He said, you're going to deny me. Yes. He said, I know what type of person you are more than you do. And people may say, well, no, because Peter knew his heart. No, no, no. Peter said I wouldn't. He did not know his heart. Yeah. Why? Because he was oblivious. Yes. And that's one of the things, the so words that's going to pop up. Exactly. They are oblivious. We are oblivious when we spend a lot of time in God's word, yes. in Jesus' face, but never looking inward, introspectively, yes. to understand who we are in light of him. It's that compartmental lies Christian. Because he's saying, I'll never deny you based on how he feels about Jesus. Yes. But not about how, who he is. Yes. In light of who he is. In light of who he is. He doesn't even take, we, we don't, we don't do it. 
I know we. Say, I, I, I never feel I'm, like I'm articulating this stuff good, but I hope it makes sense to people because this is good. You know, when when I look at it, I learned mm-hmm. that I wouldn't say what Sylvia wouldn't do. Yes, I wouldn't say it, and in fact, I find and and I've had a lot of different counsel on it. A lot of people said, uh, you know, you should never feel if it's God. You should never feel like um, you're afraid. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. When you, and, and I said, what? What are they talking about? You know, because when you walk in this, in this knowledge of who you really are. Yeah. And when you understand what your job is in earth. Yeah. Where our job is, because we've been given that power to. Right. Cast down every imagination, every high thing. Yeah. It would exalt itself against the very knowledge of God. This this knowledge of God is coming to us, but it's being choked out. By something that is already there, it's just rising up. up. There, there you go. It's just rising up. It's just, it's, when the weeds grow taller than the grass, I don't care if you do see grass in the beginning of spring. You have nothing but weeds. You have nothing there. You have nothing there. If you don't treat the weeds on a basis of a regular basis, you have nothing but weeds. I don't care how much grass you see on April the 1st. Or how you look and say, well, it's all green. Yeah, it's all green. No, it's weeds. It's weeds. And we, that's the where lies, we start. There's, there's, there's a casual, laissez-faire approach to lying. There are adults full-on Christians who lie on a daily basis, you are practicing deceit. When you allow the environment to be deceitful, you open yourself up to the deceiver. But it's it's no greater sin than to deceive yourself. It's a practice makes perfect. Yes, you believe your own lies. Yes. I have have been in a full-on conversation with somebody, and the Lord just... Open up to me. They believe their own lie. They believe their own I lie. I mean, tears flowing from their eyes. Yeah. They believe their own lie. Because they've never met the person that they're they're really believing in. Yes. They believe in themselves. Yeah. But they never met themselves. They never really met themselves. I, I, we do it. They, I, there have been times where I've been disappointed in people and said, this is not like them. Yeah. Says who? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. There's people who've been mad at me and say, I'm so disappointed. I I can't fathom anyone doing that. How did you do that? Yeah. Uh, Or people or people as adults and you hear them and you understand, you know, because I was raised in this environment. mm, This is what I end up. This was. Yeah, that's not. That's not taking responsibility for who that you environment are. made it conducive to you to continue in a way you were born and shaped in. And to be very honest, it's the same way that rich ruler in, in the encounter with Jesus mm-hmm. that often many people who said they went to the altar and they gave, gave their life to Christ. Really, they come away with the rich, the rich ruler. Yeah, because they still have not accepted the fact that this is who I am. Yeah. There is no good in me. He really thought it was good in him. And then to find, you know, I thank God for finding that space to know what true repentance is. Yeah. In the light of who God is. Yeah. That he would love me enough 
and I take it personal. Yeah. He would love me enough to allow his son to come in sinful flesh. Yeah. To be separated from his deity and power. To walk in the earth and to be subject to everything that because of man's disobedience yeah. had been loosed in the earth. Yeah. To walk in that trifold. But I think that's another because I've seen somebody was posting about the Trinity. Who is Jesus? Is he the father and all this stuff? And I'm like, while everybody's quizzing each other on the relationship between Jesus, the father and the Holy Spirit. They better know the relationship between them and God. Ma, they better know the relationship between them, the person, and them, the heart. Yes. Before you get to the trinity of Jesus, Father, Son, Spirit, get to the the trinity of mind, body, soul, and know the difference. But that trinity then finished their work. They finished their work. (laughs) You still trying to contend with mind, body, and soul. You, you, You still got a long way to go. He said, love me with all your heart. Oh, your he mind. covered the Trinity. He covered the Trinity, <laughs> but we're we're saying yes, I love you, Lord. But you don't even know about what He told you to love Him in. Yes, He told you to love Him with these three things, and you're only familiar with one. That's all you want to be familiar with. You're only familiar with body. And He said, unless your righteousness supersedes that of the Pharisees who loved in body, He said, you are no and loved in mind. He they were intellectual, intellectual Christians. They were intellectual. <laughs> they were bodily. They they subjected themselves to all types of stuff. Yes. In sake of righteousness. Yes. Y'all talk about fasting for a week and you eating after six? The Pharisees would laugh at you. And they would studied, mock you. They studied the scrolls. They studied the scriptures. And wore the, wore the scriptures upon them. To the T. But he said, hey guys, when it comes to manipulating your parents, you do it every day. Yep. He said, there's a flaw. You can reconcile with everything in that book, but can't reconcile that book to your heart. Yep. Why? Because you're not paying attention to your heart. You're not. You don't have to. I never had came came like I never had to contend with my heart. All I had to do is one dimensional. (laughs) One dimensional, ma. All I had to do is pick up the best crops from my field and hand them to you. All I had to do was get up. Put a suit on, go to church. We want to be one dimension. Dig in my pocket, pull out 10% ish. <laughs> yeah. Hand it over to a man, not even to you. Make Hand sure. it over to a man and say, I'm handing it to God. Yeah. When God doesn't have a bank to collect this money, nor is he interested in money. He said to the lady, it's going to come a time where people worship me in spirit and in truth. He didn't say in Bitcoin. He ain't saying currency and saying notes. He ain't saying shekels, pennies, coins, and nickels. Spirit and in truth. Two parts of the Trinity. Two parts of the Trinity. Inside of a body. Yeah. Well, the spirit. He was saying the spirit should be interacting with truth. Yes. The body should be interacting with truth. Truth. The mind should be interacting with Truth. truth. All the three of these things interact with truth. Yes. When they don't. When they don't, it's because they're interacting with lie. Yeah. Lies of all form. The father of lies and the lies that we accept in our lives. I felt bad for Peter when I start to read it now. Because I know in his heart, not in his mind, body, and soul, just in his heart, in his feelings, he felt he loved God, Jesus. Yes. 
and his feelings. And I know there's people who are like that. In their feelings, Ma, they love their wife. Yeah. But they're failing her. In their feelings, they love their children, but they're failing them. Yes. Their providers, I said this with Philip. I don't know if I said it in the podcast or after. But being a provider to your children means providing them more than just sustenance and food. You have to be a provider of faith, provider of every fruit of the spirit. They are only going to get it from you. And Who else are they getting it from? And you basically are their first example of who Christ is. Yes. Especially if you live in light of the glorious gospel. Yeah. If you're, you know, that's more damage. You know, when you live in light of the gospel, yeah. you're going to church, you're doing those outward things, yeah. but you don't look like who Christ is. Yeah, because I, I put this post up and I said in the post that I have no respect for the vultures that come and pick the carcass of bad relationships. People who swoop into people's lives after divorces and after breakups and can monopolize their time and their focus and energy. I got a lot of responses from people I didn't even know follow me, but they felt offended. Mm-hmm. by the fact that I am bringing to light something that they don't see as wrong because they're like, are you saying I'll never, I should never find love again? No, you being manipulated. Yes. You're being manipulated. Because, well, these are the sad part about it is these are, these are subject, this subject matters just like Jesus brought up with the disciples mm-hmm. and what it will reveal to the disciples is the deceitfulness of their, their heart. De- deceitfulness of their heart, but it also would let them know what position they were in. Yeah, and for them, it was a greater uh, weight because it get it. They Jesus started talking about this cross. Yeah, he started talking about what what laid before him. Yeah, what it was going to cost him. Yeah. For us who are so disconnected or who have compartmentalized the Jesus experience yeah, and have made it just just so beautified yeah. as being uh, Jesus wants us to have a good life. Yeah. And what would Jesus do right now? We pick and choose when we're going to allow Jesus to be seen in us. Right. Or when we had decided we want to have an engagement, mind, body, and soul that is not in engaging in interacting with truth of God, but in what we want the truth of God to be. Yeah. When we're not willing to die. Right. When we really don't want to accept the fact that our opinions yeah. are Ideas, our emotions, yeah. all flow from a nasty place. Right. We, every everybody has this thing where they're saying, you know, I love you. Yeah, yeah. It's from a good place. No, it's a nasty place. It's I, a nasty. I, place. But I've been ch- I've been challenging people with that too because when we talk about love, when we talk about love, you're saying it. And, and I shout out to Felicia. Um, she Facetime me with her three. Uh, Daughters, and did two are fifteen, one is sixteen, 
and they're asking me all these questions, and I'm answering them. They ask me about the Bible and stuff, mm-hmm. and the one I say, which one of y'all got a boyfriend? And the other two said, we don't have no boyfriend. No one said they had a boyfriend. And I said, this is just a simple question. I said, you like him? She said, yeah, I like him. She said, I don't love him. I like him. And I said, okay, do you, what's your favorite food? She said, fried chicken, the flats, just the flats. And I said, you like fried chicken with flats? She said, yes. I said, if you had to choose and you could only be, have chicken or him, what would you choose? What you think she chose? The chicken. She chose the chicken. Yeah. And so I'm using, I'm trying to use this as an example to help her understand we are using words. They don't. <laughs> we have no understanding. We have no understanding of those words and we're using them for everything. Yes. So whether it be love, like, whatever, <laughs> that brother would be surprised to know if you had he to choose, out. he <laughs> lost out to a chicken wing. <laughs> Not even a whole wing. Not just even a whole, just the flats, fried hard. <laughs> <laughs> just the flats, man. Uh, you know what I mean? Like That's a good place to be. That, but but to start there with them so that they can start to reconcile with these in realities their in their heart. Where I regard people. Because people keep saying they love you. Jesus, Peter kept saying, I love you. I would never do this. He's like, you don't know. Stop using that word. Stop using that word because you don't you're, you don't know what love and is. He, and he said the love of the Father is not in you. It's not in you. And this is this is a reality. And we have to re- recognize. I know everyone wants that feeling, that warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah. And they want it from all their relationships. Yeah. They don't like the way it feels. It feels uh, deliberate when they come in contact with the love of God. It yeah. feels so deliberate. It feels fake. To and, them. They, and they say it. it feel, yeah, they do. They, they say, say oh, I, I like when things are organic. My, I got to be true to myself. Yeah, I just want to be natural. And I, I should be able to be around you and not feel like I have to walk around eggshells. I should be able to be myself. And, and it's like, well, well wait a minute. Like, because if you owned a business and you hired somebody and all every day they came in and just decided they would be themselves. In our natural self, we don't want to come to work. We don't want to work hard. Every day people are moving beyond themselves. We want to take a nap when we feel like it. We want to do what we want. <laughs> and when if I create that environment for you, it hurts both of us. Yes. because But at home, I'm supposed to let you... Exist in it because the reality is, um, there's no depth to any relationship. No depth, and this this is the sad part because, um, you know, I thank God. I thank God for because I I know what it's like to have an in depth relationship. Yeah, and I won't settle for less. Yeah, I don't want the one dimensional. Right, I don't want all of those niceties. You spitting all those niceties, and yeah. I love you, and and you you remember special days, and you do that. All of that has yeah. no power. In and that, that's another thing I love about Jesus is he he didn't leave how to love him as a mystery. No. So you, we people be like, love is such a complex thing, and it's very abstract. Not no, to Jesus. Not. He said, "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." That's it. And if we both love in the same thing. He said we become family. But you can't. And, we, and I think I said it to you. that um, Intimacy is 
the giving and the receiving. So if you give me something and I don't want to receive it, you can love me all day. That's unrequited. Yeah. So if this so if this guy tells me the way to love him. And I don't love him in that way. There's no intimacy. Yeah, I, I, I discovered that a long time ago. I said just something so simple that most people ask you. They don't really ask you what to buy you for your birthday right? or for Christmas. Yeah. They buy what they want to give you. Buy what they want to give you. And then when they give it to you, they expect you to be happy. Right. Or you're an ingrate because you received this gift and you say, well, I really have no use for it. Or they make it too deep. They say, I'm not as thoughtful as you. Well, I'm not really thoughtful. You look at what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to tell you how to love me. If you listen to people, they'll tell you how to love them. Or, all I was doing was listening. Oh, she keep talking about this. Yeah. I'm just listening. That's all. It, it's really easy. It's really easy. But to the average person. <laughs> There's no listening. They actually buy what they would like to receive. Because they're never listening to you, Ma. <laughs> they actually buy what they want to receive. The only themselves. person they're listening to is themselves. And so I said, you know. It'd be nice if I could just put a gift bow on it and give it right back to you. Right back to really you. Because really is what you like. I might as well give it to you. Or how you would like to see me. Yes. So you buy me shoes that you would like to see me wear. But you don't know me. But you're not buying me shoes that I would like to wear. Right. Because, you know, and that's a frustrating place to be when. Um, that's where God is. Yeah. They're giving him things they would like. To see God accept. Yes. I wish you was the type of guy that just appreciated this, but I'm not. And no matter how many times you give it to me, I'm not. I I want it all. I want different. What I want is obedience. Mm -hmm. Even when we say all, because then people get spooky about it. And they're like, he he wants it all. No, he wants obedience. That is all. All is obedience. (laughs) Why do you think that slavery is such a demeaning, subjugating thing? Because if you can control a man's life by what he does, you control him. But but they actually uh, slavery actually deals with the mind, you know. And they said, "Don't teach him how to read. Don't teach him how to this. Don't teach him because we want to encapsulate his very thinking. Right? We want him to think our thoughts. But to create an environment that is conducive to control. And this is something that because God is so powerful. And so loving that he actually gave man choice. Mm-hmm. And he said, I not only give them choice, but I love the scripture where he said, here, here lies before you death and life. Yeah. And then he says, choose life. Choose ye. This day. This day. And he tells them what to choose. Yeah. He said, choose life. But people, people say, well, I have a, a choice. no. You need to kill out your choice. That's the only choice. You need to die to your opinion. It's the choice to no longer choose to have your way. And I said it to somebody else. I said, you know, during this period of time, I used to, I had um, went through a period of time right after I got saved. Yeah. That I didn't understand. I didn't understand why. Um, I didn't watch television. I didn't understand why I only listened to Unshackled, mm. and and um, which was just a, a show of testimonies. Yeah, yeah. People that were in prison and 
And, and the focus on the family. And the focus and, on the family, how it used to be. And, uh, this, yeah, you know, how it used to be. And what's the, the thing with the kids, the adventures? Oh, yeah, the adventures of, uh, I forget the name. I forget it, too. But I filled my house with this. Yeah, you did. Because my mind could not have the opportunity to meditate. Yeah. On what it was used to. And the interesting thing about it is because I, I dissect this now of why um, we create these perceptions of people, which perception is very important. But there's a perception that I had of you as a child. I can't remember when it began. I just know it always has been that way. And it's simple. I always try to start simple because it gets easy that way. Mm-hmm. Consistency created conduct and conduct created character and character creates identity. Yes. And I I seen you as a woman of God. I don't know when that began. Yes. I know it wasn't because you went to church. No, I do know that. I I do know that. I I was 23 years old when I came smack dab. Actually, it started prior to that. And that's something that the the Lord in my meditation mm-hmm. brought to my remembrance of how many people were involved in the process. Yeah. How many people prayed, how many situations I was in. Yeah. So when we break that down, what made me look at you as having a certain character is because I seen who you obeyed. Yes. I seen moments where, as I began to understand humanity, I seen moments where you you could have easily obeyed yourself. And I people people don't understand this, but adults, I want you to know this. We can see your bias. Yes. We can see your bias is showing. We see your allegiances. It's written. It's written all over you. You're trying to hide it in your conversation. I was talking I was talking to Charity and I was like, that show is horrible. And she was talking about the show and she said, I love it. And I said, you wouldn't love it if it was a white woman instead of a black woman. And she started laughing because it's, we, we just want to we got to help each other in our biases. Yes. There's biases that you don't really like that. You you like what you what fits, what it represents, what it represents and what the narrative is. But it's not quality programming. Right. It's not good. But I, I'm like I'm messing with dad and he's rooting for the one team, which he has no dog in the fight for, but he's rooting for him because he doesn't like the other guy. Yeah. This but, is, it's not, even though the other guy, this is what's so entertaining about the other guy is good. He's the best. Yes. He's the best, but it's hard to reconcile with one reality when you have a reality in your heart. Yeah. And this is where, how people deal with the word. They know God, but, but, but they I, don't, they don't. They haven't taken an opportunity to know him. the biases of their deceitful heart war yes. against it. Yes, and they attach so many things to God. If you strip back the layers, and I th- that's why again I'm thankful that I didn't come to Christ in the traditional way. Yeah, I spent more time in those first two three years outside of the church. I actually got involved in the church years later. My, I can remember. Periods of time where we didn't go to church. Yes. Yes. But I cannot remember periods of time where I did not see your character reflect God. That's because I didn't equate God with church. 
I know. I know. Because but I never paid attention to that. Because I, in ref, in ref, retrospect, I do now. Because when um, I, you know, and I can just I say this in loving memory, I had gotten saved in the house, mm-hmm. and so um, we went to visit a church so I could be baptized. Yeah. Because there was you know no place to baptize me. Yeah. And and that was fulfillment of the scripture. Yeah. You know they pointed out to me what comes next, you know, and, and so we're, we're going to go to this church to be baptized. And this is a church they used to attend. And when the preacher was preaching, he was preaching and he was in his, you know, glory going to town. And he said, he called Michael Jackson a nigga (laughs) from the pulpit. And here, it was a white guy. No, he's black. Oh, okay. But he called. Oh, so it was like a term of endearment. Yeah, yeah. No, he said that. I don't want to hear that nigga, (laughs) Michael Jackson. He said, and and he was saying how he was regulating what his kids listened to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he wasn't that nigga wasn't coming in his house and yeah, yeah. you know all this stuff. (laughs) And sit next to me, you know, Dad was not converted yet. Yeah. And he hit me. He said he just called. That man a nigga. That ain't no. He said that, that. That's not no. That's not no. I don't even know why I'm sitting here. Yeah. yeah. You know. And we were conversating because mm. when I got home, I was like, and and you know, Aunt Cynthia, and Uncle Dennis were like, mm. you know, they felt bad because that but, man showed his tail. He showed his tail, but I still got baptized. Yeah. yeah. You know. And so I, they took me upstairs, got baptized, and we went on about our business. But yeah. I learned that. The, the church has a place. Yes. And I'm a, I'm thanking God for that because right. there's such freedom in that. Yeah, and, and but that's the other thing. It's too. a learning place. It's a learning place. And I, I, I am being harder on myself now to make sure that I see things in the truth of God and not in my biases. Yeah. And so even when it comes to church, it's like every time I say something, there are people who are trying to guess the bias. So like when I speak and say, you know, I learned a lot not being in church lately. They're like, Oh, you one of them people that don't want to go to church because deceit looks for deceit. Yeah. But I, 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 you can, two things can exist at one time. The Bible clearly tells, I, if y'all need to know, I refer to, I think episode is in the early twenties. I say, should, do we have to go to church to be saved? You'll hear my thoughts on it. The church is important. The church is important because interaction and fellowship in the word is important. It's important. Being connected to a body of like-minded. I'm creating all these caveats. Yes. yes. Like-minded, likewise, individuals is the church. And you you have to. And you have to. And and I believe, just like... um, being married is between two people. Yeah, yeah. I believe uh, salvation is between God. Yeah. And that person. Yeah. And because of that. But but salvation is personal. Yes. There is a very personal part of relationship with God. But there's another part of relationship with God that is very much connected to people. Um. I was getting into yeah. the, the there's a teaching 
yeah. part. It's like going to school. Yes. Uh, and the reason why they don't take little babies, I wouldn't let anybody take my little baby mm. that was just born. Yeah. And take them to a school for even eight hours a day. Yeah. Is because they first have to get to know me. Yeah. So that they're, they understand where they come from. And they understand the connection that there is between right. the mother. Because the they go to school for a certain part. They go to school to for, learn. To learn. Of, they learn of many things. The ways of the world. But they don't learn how to relate to me right. by going to school. And they shouldn't learn certain things from school. Right. So, like, uh, if the school wants to teach sex education, that's fine. If as long as they're teaching the anatomy and how these parts work. Yes. The minute they start teaching about how to engage in relationship, relational, that's not your place. No, that's that's for the home. That's for the home. And that is that's I I really do believe we start talking about gender identities. We start talking about um, what's acceptable and not acceptable. That's for the home. I, I really do believe it's for the home, yes. the Christian home or the unchristian. Home. Right. I don't even believe that's for the church. And no, no, no. It's, where, it's for the home. I, I, I feel that's where the church has erred. Yeah. The church has erred there. It's for the home. It it's has for the nothing home. to do with the church where the church, God raised up deacons and elders and evangelists for the work of the gospel, yeah. the spreading of the gospel to instruct disciples, to make disciples to do that very thing, to, so, to, to get out, to get out. Yes. Yeah, so Jesus said that he was going to make them fishers of men. Right. Paul said. Out of his mouth. We Jesus is our example. Yes. So. This man is teaching us how Jesus is teaching people how to reach other people. Yes. Paul is teaching people how to be like Christ. There you go. He that he when Jesus says, I'm here to make y'all fishers of men. That's not what we're here to do. No. I'm not here to make fishers of men. I'm here to fish for men. That's it. Do you get know what I'm saying? That's like it. It, we got to be careful that and, we know the distinction. And. and there's nobody on this earth now that we are mimicking right, or looking at. Right. And this is where, you know, and I've heard it from different, different, you know, different times in my life that people preach. And they say, you know, I mark the perfect man and they'll put their pastor up or yeah. say this. And that, that's not the perfect man. You're supposed to be engaged in knowing who Jesus is. Right. And being simplistic in what even marks the perfect man. The perfect man is the man who obeys God. Yes. It's that simple. It's just that simple. There's a scripture, because I had a bunch of them here, but I want to just make sure I say I think this the one. perfect man would be one that never disobeyed God. Yes. And that's Christ. And, and that's how we can be yeah. in Christ if we do the work. Right. If we do the work, but it is not only knowing us, knowing ourselves, but then knowing Jesus. Right. Because he is our example. And that interaction with people, and this is the reason why I was bringing it up, is we are supposed to be helping each other have the right heart. Yeah. Not 
to do right, but to be right. Amen. And the others should be able to mark us and say, I see no deceit in this person. The reason why I was able to see God was because I saw a woman who treated me with no deceit. And the confidence that um, my engagement with God through this, his, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. My engagement gave me was even when something didn't turn out the way I thought it should turn out. The Lord always gave me peace in knowing that it's on the condition of your heart. Yeah. When you went, it's such a freedom that you can't do away with deceit by yourself. Right. But when you want to please God, when you love him from a place of understanding that without him, I'm deceitfully. Yeah. And not just to put on this, because I keep coming back to Peter in these regards, because I know he had the intention. Yes. Yeah. The intent. So when you say the want to please God, it's not. It's because he had the want to. He had the want to, but he didn't have the power to. Yeah. Because and that's where most people are, because they're going to hear you say that and be like, well, I want to. Because um, now that's where God explained. He said he when when Jesus left, he said, "Okay." I was with you, yeah. but now I'm going to be in you. Yeah. Now this this is this is a little bit different mm-hmm. because he said I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Yeah. I'm going to send you the earnest of my spirit. That Which with, with the express purpose that the Holy Spirit to tie in you with, to want to to tie in with the other part that we just was saying it will lead and guide us to all, all truth so that we might be in the place to interact with what he wants us to interact with. Yes. He wants you to interact with truth. Yes. So That's he brings it. you to truth. Yes. The part that is effort on our part because the shepherd leads us to green pastures. The part that work of the sheep is to eat. Yes. We have to interact with truth yes. and truth alone. So I have to stop interacting with my heart. And it and, leads yeah. to places of rest. It you does. Know, it does. Um, I, the most unrestful period of my life is all those years without him. Yeah. All those years outside living in my own deceitful mind. Yeah. Fulfilling my own deceitful passions in my mind. Right. And that is was the most unrestful time of my whole existence. Yeah. And whenever I encounter the opportunity or when I come to a place where I'm tired, I feel like I'm tired and I start to give way every on a daily basis yeah. to those human Impulses, emotions. Even in my intention to, like we said, even in in my intention to engage with God is from the lens of a deceitful heart. Yes, it is. So when you say, when Jesus is saying, worship me in spirit and in truth, he was telling the woman, you have the right idea. You want to engage with me, clearly. 
but how you engage cannot be on your terms. Yeah. Has to be on my terms. On his terms. And when we when we say on, on our terms, we're saying you cannot see God through your heart. Nope. You have to see him through his truth. That's it. Through his truth. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's to sum it up. That's to sum it up. You gotta have you gotta have be right on the playing field. Yeah. The playing field has changed. Yeah. No longer the playground of my mind. <laughs> and this is why I had to have you for this episode because you're just traversing a lot of interesting stuff. Yes. And you gotta have somebody that's move and can move with you and not think too deep about it. Because it's this he said unless you come as a child. Yeah. The complicated thinking comes from our existence in that human state. Yeah. And it is an unfor- that that place is unforgiving. It's how we get to the point where the people of Babel are building something when all they had to do is bow. That's all they had to do. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy? <laughs> I know. But that's what we see. We see the edifices of people's uh, wasted efforts. Always building. Always building. <laughs> Always building, always trying discussing, to, always try, debating. Always building, always coming up with it, something new to do what? Yeah. To reach God. Yeah. Shout out to that preacher who's uh, who was uh, in a room full of water and stuff. And just, he's illustrating. Hold on, we gotta go. He was illustrating my, he's illustrating the, 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 the scripture about storms. And so he's in the sound stage and the water's just filling up to the point where it's at, it's at his knees at one point. And it's like the parable, Jesus, Jesus shared parables because they illustrated, you know what you mean? They illustrated what he needed to illustrate in the mind. Yeah. If we got to get Larry literal with this stuff, it's like there's people watching you, Mr. Pastor man, who don't even have running water. Yeah. And they're watching you just waste it. Yeah. Like you're in a sound stage filled with water. At one point, my he's sitting in a kiddie pool. He says he's tired of kiddie pool Christians. He's slapping the water down and it's um this is the demonstrative play <laughs> play play acting, yeah. all kinds of stuff. It, we need to illustrate obedience in our lives. Yeah. I don't need to illustrate you know, in, it, 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 it is so profound that Jesus made it so simple. simple. So simple. And he said, he prayed for us in John 17. Yeah. And he said, I and you. Yeah. You and me and they and me. And he he said, and that the world, he, but he said, after they, after this happens, he said that the world might see me. Yes. And know that I am him. Yeah. So he's, I said, man, that's easy gospel preach. Yes. You are the presentation. He said, all you got to do is be in the right position. Yes. He said, you got to do your work. So yeah. you're in the right position. What is your work? Crucify. Obedience. Those, yes. Crucifying. Yeah. Putting to death. No, not responding to, not allowing it to have influence over you. What? You. Yeah. You. The essence of who you it's are. It's not performative. He yeah. said, 
Let your light so shine before men. Because the thing that took away the performance for me, he said, Sylvia, I'm only looking at your heart. I don't care what you do with your body. Yeah. He said, because it's going back to dust, but I'm looking at your heart. Yeah. So I said, I better clean up. I better allow the heart to be reflected. That's why I can never figure out that scripture and put them together where he's saying, let your light so shine. Then he tells us that the eyes is the light of the is the light of the body. Is he letting us know? He's letting us know our focus, our motivation. Yes. What we set our eyes to. That he said that is what reflects God to the world. And and it's so simple. He promises in John 17 again, he promises that they will see me and they will love me. They yes. will know that I was sent for them. Jesus kept his eyes on his father. He made this he made it so simple. Made it so simple. And everybody who saw what he fixed his eyes on was able to see God. Was able to see him. They was able to see God. Yeah, even even so much that even how they in the Bible it says that the Holy Spirit descended as a dove. Yeah. And said, This is my son. Yeah. And they said, it, it says in the scripture, they saw it. Yeah. Because he was just obedient to his father. He was just obedient. I appreciate you, Mom. Shout out to everybody that's listening. Real Church Matters. We could go for hours. We did an hour 35 here, so. I don't want to hold people. But we'll talk soon. God bless. God bless you.